Welcome to Resilient Forward, a podcast created by Bagay Group to educate the public and promote solutions to Florida's most challenging environmental issues. I'm your host, Irela Bagay. I've been a longtime advocate of the environment and the economy. I invite you to join me as we showcase resilient solutions, feature innovative strategies, products, and services from prominent members of the business community, including industry leaders, advocates, and elected officials all engaged in developing and implementing resilient solutions in their community. So I'm so happy to be sitting here with Sonia Sugad, who is the Nature Conservancy's Cities Program Manager for the state of Florida. And primarily, you're here in Miami working on a lot of resilience projects, but Talk to me about how you got into this career path and, you know, because I know you're very passionate about sustainability, the environment and everything. So give us your, your perspective on why you got involved in this field in particular and, and what you're doing now with the Nature Conservancy. Oirela, thank you so much for having me today. Um, it's wonderful to be on your show and to talk a little bit about myself and my work. Um, as, as you shared with my title, I'm, I'm focused on cities and the urban space. Um, so the Nature Conservancy, just to give a little background, um, our organization has been around close to 70 years now. We're a, you know, a large, the largest environmental organization in the world. Um, we operate in 72 countries, we have 600 scientists, um, but we recently started focusing in on urban spaces, realizing that's where most people live, right? right. We live here in a city, um, but that hasn't been the attention for the Nature Conservancy or other large organizations to focus in on. Right, because in the past, the Nature Conservancy has really just been a land buying um, organization Correct. To, co you know, to conserve lands and, and, and water bodies, right? Absolutely, and, and those areas are super important, right? And I think um, those traditional places will continue to be important, right? We need to protect large areas of land and marine areas to be protected for um, wildlife and, and and our natural resources needed to be protected for even our you know consumption of food and fisheries but we're coming to a, a place now that we realize humans are moving and living into in cities cities have become sort of the next wave of growth and you know the projections show now that we're moving in this space very fast um, numbers are showing that 70% of the world's population will live in cities by 2050 that's those are huge numbers and so, you know, I give credit to the Nature Conservancy to have the vision to suddenly realize that they need to have a space in where people live. And what does that mean, right? You know, you and I grew up here in Miami. Right. Um, what does that mean to think about nature? You know, nature feels very separated. Here we have the Everglades, which is, you know, or Biscayne Bay, these two important areas. But, you know, if it's not in the urban space, you don't feel like it's there, right? But we are surrounded by water, which is Biscayne Bay, and people don't really, or beaches in Miami Beach, and people just think about, you know, that as being nature, even though it is, it's, exactly. our, it's our ecosystem. Exactly. It's our, and it's our urban ecosystem, but at the same time, we're coastal, and mainly coastal cities. We are, yeah. Mainly coastal cities are the ones that I think are in this space now. They have to rethink. It's not just you know, it's not living between land and water, it's living with water and trying to bring land, land or redesign our land in a space that we can grow and live in balance with nature. And so, you know, 
I feel like Miami is definitely, the attention that Miami is getting is good for us because people want to learn and understand what we're doing here. We're kind of the first ones to feel these effects for a large metropolitan city. Right. And so the Nature Conservancy was very specific on rolling out the city's program and including Miami in the, in the rollout of the first 10 cities. You're talking about this partnership that you developed, that, that the Nature Conservancy developed with Chubb, which is one of the largest you know, insurers in the, you know, in the, in the country. Well, no, no, actually it's a global. It's a global, it's, it's, Chubb is the largest publicly traded casualty insurance company. So this partnership is huge. These people know risk. And they came to the conservancy in wanting to see how to best reduce risk um, through uh, nature, a natural infrastructure solution. They, Which is also called green infrastructure. It's called green infrastructure, <laughs> it's called living infrastructure, it's anything that I think is alive, right? Mm -hmm. You know, um, and that can help defend us from climate change and right. the impacts of climate change. And so this global partnership is really focused on bringing green infrastructure into our urban spaces based on sci uh, sound science that showcase what living infrastructure can do to help reduce risk. And so um, we received a million dollar gift and they want to initiate a project in Miami. And so what we've been doing is we've been uh, assessing different locations around Miami-Dade County to find the best location that we can put this green infrastructure. We're modeling it, we're studying it, and we're gonna select a site in the next two months. Um, and again, this is this is um, a way to demonstrate through a pilot right. project. It's a know? demonstration project to show, you know, the public that number one, we are like I always say, the environment is the economy. We are Absolutely. protecting our economy by using the environment as our best barrier to some of these challenges that we have with climate change. And I think that's the key. People need to realize that nature and these, you know, designed hybrid solutions even that look at gray and green can, can help defend us, right, and help protect us. Um, sometimes people need to see these demonstration projects, go, learn, feel, um, and they don't need to feel so remote, right? Large areas of mangroves and green, you know, recreational areas have additional benefits oh, to absolutely. people. You know, it's not, it is for our ecosystem and that's a big, big draw. It helps, you know, absorb carbon. It helps filter water, you know, mangroves and these um, They're fisheries. <laughs> but for looking at it against protecting our, um, our assets, right? Our properties, that they have a place there. I think that's huge. And so this is definitely a, new, a unique space that TNC is trying to move into, we're, we're showing some progress here in Miami and we're showing progress in Mexico where we have um, a pilot project under underway as well. And there oh, is- Talk about that, because that's really interesting. And I, it's 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 more of in the tourism space, correct? Correct. And um, I'm pretty, I'm, I, I believe that it's, you, you, you kind of did a co-op with, with a, a number of hotels that are basically paying into a fund Yes. So to speak, to, to, I guess, protect their coastlines or their beach, or, or is it for beach erosion? I'm not sure. Um, so we have a pilot project underway in, in Mexico where we're using, you know, these innovative financing tools, bringing in natural infrastructure to help uh, showcase what, specifically reefs, what reefs can do to help um, protect us from storm surge, right? And so both the combination of mangroves and, um, healthy coral reefs have shown to reduce 
uh, storm surge impacts by 97%. Wow. That's huge. That's huge. That's significant. And so that wave energy is broken up as it moves into um, into these urban areas or coastal urban areas. And so there's a coastal management trust there that's been initiated um, working with the insurance company using these natural um, solutions. And we hope to do the same here in Miami given that everybody is looking at what we're doing here. That's, so. that's fantastic. See, there's all these innovative solutions and, and creative financing and, you know, Creative finance, we have to get super creative with our financing moving forward because I, I, I've seen it. I mean, government is only going to be able to afford what we can. Taxpayers are, are only going to be able to pay what, what we can. So, you know, and, and looking at the city of Miami and the, the, the residents actually did recognize that they needed to make some investments in, on some short-term solutions to some of the flooding problems that they're having. Um, tidal flooding issues that they have yeah. and, and, and the, the, the vulnerability of storm surge during storms, they did tax themselves to approve a $400 million bond, clearly isn't enough money, <laughs> but must be leveraged in a creative way. So these, these are some solutions to that. And it's also showing the world, hey, look, we're, t we're recognizing that we have this risk, we're investing, and we're gonna you know, move forward. Yeah, so absolutely. Look, again, Irela, everyone's watching Miami, you know, and if we're able to adapt that in a, in a way that includes both these unique financial models coupled with, you know, the, the political will to step up and act and initiate real, real change to help drive these, you know, daunting, I mean, existential mm -hmm. issues that Miami's facing. I mean, I think this is going to help not just transform the future of our city, but other coastal cities. We're right. not the only ones facing this, well, but I we're love, facing it fast. I know. <laughs> and because we're facing it fast, we have to implement. And, and yeah. basically, you know, we're going to make mistakes, you know, because we're, we're, the, we're one of the first. Yeah. But nevertheless, we're trying to make, you know, Miami resilient for future generations and also to, you know, keep our investments here. Right. Absolutely. And our property values. So. We, the women in the environment, we wear many hats. <laughs> we do. And you and I share that in common. Um, you also serve on the city's over, bond oversight board. So talk about you know, some of the things you're looking at and um, not necessarily only dealing with sea level rise, but there are also other initiatives that the bond um, was approved to do and to yeah. address. So, I mean, if you yeah. want to talk about that a little bit. I, you know, I was honored to be selected to, to join this um, bond oversight board. And our role, I think, is really important because, like you said, you know, this $400 million is an opportunity for Miami to begin to implement not just issues related to flooding and sea level rise, but affordable housing, uh, park improvements, public safety, road improvements. And so there's a combination of different um, areas that we're focusing on what we are trying to do and what i'm trying to do is weave uh resiliency through all of that of right course. and i think that's the key uh if we're going to rebuild and and reinvest in some of these um, immediate needs that we have just to make sure that we're doing this in comprehensively and and that means taking a, a big picture understanding of how all of these different areas interact and connect you know they're not separate right you can't right. solve transit without thinking about flooding and you can't solve affordable housing with thinking without thinking about energy efficiency and so these are big big bold um 
investments that the city needs to make and we're hoping that that 400 million will be matched and leveraged like you said with state and federal funds so that we can really maximize these investments because it's not right. going it's 400 is not going to be enough right and it's a step and and you you mentioned state and federal which is great but also there's private financing out there and some of these for example a lot of these affordable um, housing, in, if we include energy efficiency and we weave that in, there is an opportunity for an R, a return on investment. Mm -hmm. You know, using you know using creative financing. Um, I've seen it before and done in other in other communities. So there are pu public-private partnership opportunities within this bond. That, yes. that that's that seems seems to me very exciting. Wearing my exciting. and wearing my chamber hat, it is you know, exciting. The banks should really be looking at this. Well, and that's that's the draw, right? You want to bring them into this space. This isn't just strictly a public project. These projects have to work with companies that are doing innovative and creative solutions, right? I mean, there's there's an RFP out for a waterfront park right now, which we're excited. It's a climate ad adaptive redesign of Jose Marti Park in Little Havana on, on Miami, Miami River. River. And that call for designing that space, is it's a worldwide call. And so we're hoping to really kind of attract the most inventive ideas on how to redesign parks to think about recreation and flooding and energy efficiency and accessibility to transit, right? You know, the, the metro rail's not and, that far. And commerce as well, because as you know, the Miami River is also a trade port. A small exactly. one, but it's, it's nonetheless a trade port. So it's got, it's a multifaceted it body is. of water. I love the Miami River, former, former yeah. chair of the River Commission, and, and uh, love, love all the work we, we do and continue to do to preserve that beautiful waterfront yeah, property. Know, I'm glad you bring up the river because I feel like, you know, the, the Miami River Commission and these different agencies um, are now recognizing their role in this in, in making Miami resilient and thinking about our waterway in ways that we didn't think. Some of the first um, areas that are impacted are along our rivers and our creeks, um, not just a, along our coast. And so you're able to kind of take a snapshot when there's flood events or the tides come up to see how these communities around the waterways are impacted. Exactly, because people learn. think people think flooding only happens on the coastal side. Exactly. But no, there's inland flooding, you there's know, and, it's, flooding. and our system is very complex. Um, but we'll, we won't get into the complexities. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it simple. We want people to, to be part of this conversation. And I think you've been great at that, Irela, is, is spreading the you know, your, your talent to communicate. Um, across different sectors, across different um, demographics. We have to pull, you know, Hispanics into this. We have to pull African-Americans, Haitians, all these diverse communities that live here need mm -hmm. to understand that they have a, a role in the future of their city. Right, and intergenerational too, like kids and the elder, exactly. elderly. I mean, it's, it's, it's all, we're all it's in all this. It's all of us. We're all, in, we're all on this boat together, exactly, right? Exactly, that's what so I say. Let's, try our best to row together and deliver, you know, the best benefits that we can get. Um, yeah, for, you know, again, it's for future generations. It's future. You know, you and I may not be here, but Miami will still be here in some form, form or fashion. And, um, you know, whatever we can do now to <coughs> ensure that, you know, we can still, I would say we can still live in paradise. Well, exactly. Is, we is live important. in paradise here. You know, we forget sometimes paradise might be fragile and so we have to 
to think about how we take care of this paradise, but it's paradise. I mean, you can walk out to our beaches and along our river and you're just like, I can't believe I live here. I know. You know? And, and right now, you know, I'm going to date, you know, what, what <laughs> this this podcast right now. It's 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 eight, early April yeah. and the weather can't be more beautiful, you know? And, you know, in a few months, we'll be preparing, hopefully not, but we'll be preparing for hurricane. Yeah. Well, we always have to be prepared for hurricanes. So, you know, it's it's just the way of life, the way of life. You know, it's, there's a cost to pay to, to living in paradise, I always say. Um, but back to wearing another hat. You're a young mom and you're also the wife of a state senator who has very progressive ideas and policies on acting on climate and addressing sea level rise challenges. And um, he's actively right now in the legislative session working on um, pushing some bills forward that yeah. could definitely help in, in, in this space. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for bringing this up, you know. Um, and it's State Senator Jose Javier Rodriguez, <laughs> by the way. Yes, thank you, Irela. So little my, shout out. Little shout out to my husband, Jose Javier, who's been, you know, an incredible advocate. Um, he's also from Miami and feels this, you know, deep connection to our home, you know, and he has taken this issue very seriously. I think once you get pulled in and you start learning and understanding, you know, um, the challenges, but more than anything, just the issue at large, water, the environment, you know, climate change, energy, you, you get pulled in and you want to do something about it. And so he has taken his role very seriously, um, He a little comically as well. He's currently wearing uh, boots around the Capitol. Rubber rain boots. <laughs> Rubber I, I rain them. boots. And I had to laugh at it because when he had this idea, I was like, oh my, okay, so let's bring <laughs> attention to the issue. I don't know if this is the best route. But it was actually good because he first thought of this like snorkel gear, <laughs> the mask and snorkel. And I kind of had to like, honey, like let's think about this a little bit more, um, bringing attention in like, you know, not not that we're drowning yet. The right. boots show that like we're, we're facing some, you know, water challenges, but we're not yet swimming in it. You well, know? you know, I do have rubber boots as well, <laughs> which I shared with him the other day that I do wear to really? the city meetings sometimes because frankly yeah. during king tides you i, I can't wear my heels and you know so you know you gotta make that's you, you gotta here. make sea level rise fashionable Look, sometimes that's life here our <laughs> son now has a bear uh, a pair of these boots you know that it's fashionable and whatever you can do to help bring attention you know and 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 keep the focus and spotlight and even laugh at it a little because someone said it the other day like this is heavy work we're in, right? Of course. And you kind of have to take a moment, laugh at it a little bit. Not that it's funny, but just recognize that, you know, living in this space day in, day out takes a toll too, right? So he's getting a lot of attention and he has a bill currently moving through the Senate, which is a huge, um, which he's getting a lot of momentum on and it's getting a second hearing. So and it's got... And it's, it's bipartisan. Yeah, wait, he's wait, got he, yeah. big news here. Big it's got news. bipartisan support. Yes, that's a big because he's a Democrat, and it's got Republican support. And to me, that's amazing because we're in the state of Florida. Yeah, we have to. Which you know, and, and the majority <clears throat> of Republicans um, in the in the in the state um, House and Senate. So this is to me eye-opening. It's also sh sending a message, I think, to the rest of the country saying, look, if Florida can do this in a bipartisan way, 
Wow. So talk to me about this. Yeah, and let me very exciting. And you know, and and just to even make another plug, like it's it we are really being watched. So I was in San Francisco just three weeks ago for an incredible conference, and while I was there, the Sal the San Francisco Chronicle was covering Jose and his boots, and it was in the newspaper. <laughs> and I was like, if this isn't a sign, I don't know what else. That's but, fantastic. So you know, parts of the country are watching us, and he's doing it like you said in a bipartisan fashion, where he's coming and finding. You know, recognizing this isn't, it is not a one-sided um, issue, okay? The environment is our economy, like you mm -hmm. said. Um, the environment, we live amongst uh, an environment that needs to be um, clean, prepared, resilient. Um, and so he's worked really hard across, um, across the aisle with his colleagues, explaining to them the issues that Florida already has. And so the bill is basically designed in a way that it, if you're going to go after state funding for public projects, you have to uh, go through a sea level rise impact analysis, right? An engineer needs to sign off and review, right? So w the whole goal is thinking about how you're making those so investments. So for example, if, you know, like give, let's give it, let's, let's put this in perspective. So if I want to build a, a hospital with state funds, for example, in a community, I would have to hire a, um, an engineer that would be able to look look and see what the risks are in this particular property before exactly. I build. Exactly. And then build it accordingly. So if I have to build it higher because it's too low or, you know, because it's, you know, in the next couple of years it's going to end up being flooded by a sea level rise. Um, so it's basically a, a vulnerability assessment that Precisely. needs to be made. Yeah, and Correct. it's up to that um, city mm -hmm. um, to think about what that analysis proposes. It's not mandatory, but at least the study pushes you to think about what you're investing in, right? right? I mean, wouldn't you think the way that you buy a home and you purchase, you know, or you get a mortgage, you think a little bit about how you're making those investments for the long term. And so I think he's, you know, he's been very thoughtful in, in speaking to the leading scientists and banks and insurance companies on what they would like to see. He's working closely with the DEP. Noah Valenstein, I know, is like a close partner. You know, because like, you know, Idella, you have to work together of and course. find these common solutions. And so I think it's a big, um, it's a, it's an exciting moment for, for Miami and for Florida that we're taking this seriously and we're trying to drive this um, home, right? Drive this to a place where people feel that it's not scary to, to analyze where our investment is going and how we're spending public money, right? Well, it's frankly, public money. These days, if I'm from Miami, if I'm going to buy a property, I definitely want to know what, you know, what my risk is exactly. for sea level rise. And, exactly. you know, we have amazing modeling tools that can show us, even online real quick, you know, you type in your address and you kind of know where you're going to be within the 30-year mortgage cycle, exactly. which I think is important. To, you know, it's an important tool to have. I mean, who, who wouldn't? Is. Well, mean, and especially, like you said, there's the software tools. There's so much out there that we have access to. We just need to implement and use it and start showing some action and there are people taking this very seriously i think it just needs to be statewide we need to get to a point exactly. this is looking at coastal zones but it but it is a state policy well so. i think what's helped a lot open people's eyes particularly our policymakers, um, regardless of what side you're on are these hurricanes we've had um, and and from a statewide lens because you know down here as you know the southeast regional climate compact has been at it for about 10 years now or you know now 11 years and 
these four counties have been working hard on these issues uh, and it is a, a model but yeah. now we need to take that and, and just like blow it up through the entire state we need a statewide approach yeah. to resilience and i think that these hurricanes regrettably um have shed some light into that and a lot of our policymakers, and even our governor i have to you know yeah. give give a, a huge huge shout out to Governor Ron DeSantis for his bold agenda on dealing with, you know, resilience and dealing with science and dealing with water quality and water quantity and Everglades restoration. I mean, all that kind of is combined with resilience as well. Absolutely. All of it is. It's it's how Florida moves forward, right? And like you said, we I mean, these are unfortunate events when hurricanes hit us, but it's also a wake-up call and we need to take full advantage just like we did after Hurricane Andrew and think about how we, you know, um, reinvest into our buildings, into our cities and our infrastructure in the same capacity, right? You want to withstand a future event happening again. And it's, you know, we're in a vault, we live in paradise, but paradise comes with costs. And so this is just a way to have oversight and thoughtful reviews and you know again these are public dollars so you want to make sure the public dollars go as far as possible and innovative ways that can help us think about you know multiple areas of investment not just strictly flooding but healthy clean waters and better transportation you know this is just a future vision that i mean you and i are advocating for and we have children and so we want to make sure that our kids will live here yeah and that this is going to be around but well, we, have, we to have to hand them like that. we have to hand them something better we have to hand them something better that's what i always and think i think it's women that are definitely leading this um we bring something a little different to the table mm -hmm. And there is this nurturing, caring quality and, and a very thoughtful, let's work this out, right? We see it with our kids sometimes, how to, um, how to balance, right? It's all about balance and finding ways that we all connect as human beings for the betterment of humanity and, and society. So, you know, it's, I feel good. I'm, I'm always um, happy to be connected with other people in this space because it gives me hope too that we're doing the right thing and we just need to like just push and 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 feel confident that um that we're helping each other right where we may you know i don't have all the skill sets in one spot but i go to others and i go to other leaders and i learn from them and then i apply it to my work and then where they might need help in communicating or finding these connections i add that to their plate you know, in ways that I think we all bring something. Well, that's fantastic. And, you know, I really thank you for joining us today, Sonia. We always end the podcast. You know, this podcast was created to really advocate and talk about solutions and what we're doing, not, you know, oh, doom and gloom challenges. No, yeah. we're actually, you know, doing things. Um, you know, whether they work out or not, it doesn't matter, but we have to try. Absolutely. And um, so thank you so much. We always end the podcast with a question. Um, same question for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> what does resilience mean to you? Um, so, well, thank you again for having me um, and asking these important questions and, and just, you know, talking. It's, it's wonderful talking. I think that's, that's where it begins. We talk and then we implement and we act. But resiliency, you know, I know it's a, it's a word and term we're using a lot across the board, and that's fine because I think resiliency is a good word. Um, like we said, we're going to be 
we're going to continue to face serious extreme events, hurricanes, uh, downpours. The climate is changing, and there's no question about that. Science is, is, is pretty much, it's, it's clear that that's the direction our world is going in. But I think at least resiliency gives us um, kind of bouncy feeling of like how to just quickly bounce back, right, from extreme events. Um, heartaches do that too, right? You know, you, you learn to just pick yourself back up and you find that strength and, and you learn from those um, examples. And so for me, resiliency is about making sure that we're constantly bouncing back and learning and, and hopefully in a way that the bounce is less and less, right? They're not such hard bounces or, or true, you know, um, impacts that, that hurt us for the long term, but that we're able to quickly kind of learn and adapt as fast as possible. Thank you so much for the work that you do. I appreciate this and hopefully we can talk in the future as the bond projects are moving along and, and the sea level rise bill and our Chubb project. I think there's a lot of things happening. Definitely, you know. we'll be back revisiting <laughs> the uh, the initiatives at um, the Nature Conservancy here in Miami and the rest of Florida and even in the Caribbean um, that you all are working on. Really appreciate. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Resilient Forward. You can listen to other podcasts at resilientforward.com and follow us on Twitter at ResilientFWD. If you're interested in sponsoring our show or know someone who we should feature, please contact us. Remember, our environment is our economy. <laughs>